Hey, this is James Dodge in Las Vegas, and you are listening to the Talking Disney Podcast. From the Talking Disney Studios in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Logan, Utah, this is the Talking Disney Podcast. Jason and Cody. I'm Jason. And I'm Cody. All right, welcome to episode 35 of the Talking Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. And once again, I'm here with my co-host, Cody. How's it going, Cody? I am doing fantastic. You are doing fantastic. That is, that's good. Because if you were doing bad, we would shut the show off and do it next week. So, <laughs> so why are you doing so fantastic? What's been going on? Oh, um... What hasn't been going on? Besides you telling me about your upcoming trip to Disneyland and trying to make me jealous. I mean, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about it lately. Um, I've been watching a lot of stuff on YouTube about the different things going on at the parks. Food and Wine Festival just opened last Friday on the 28th at California Adventure. I'm super excited about that. It looks like... How long does that... When does that go on to? Through April 21st, I believe. Okay. Sometime in April. So, it, it, so you, it's a little while. So you'll get to see it. You'll get to go. Yeah. Yep. You have, you, have, you have plans to go over there? Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm getting okay. one of those sip and savor passes. Okay. So I can sip and I can savor. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what they're for? So you can sip and savor? That's right. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah luckily, I, luckily, that's the name they gave it then. So. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah, strange. strange. Um, it sounds like, at least for, for myself and for Tyler, my cousin James's son, he and I are at least planning on doing our lunches over there at DCA every day. Oh, okay. Um, and just using that sip and savor pass. Because um, it looks like they have some really good options over there this year. I'm pretty excited for that. We went last year, Tyler and I, when we did our March trip last year and tried some... We only tried a couple of things, but this year we're going to get those passes and we're going to try. Uh, You're going to try it all. Try it all. All right. So maybe we'll talk about some of those offerings a little later. Yeah. I'll um, let you come back. Also. Oh, the new parade magic happens just debuted too. You get to see that too. Yeah. Now that's a daytime parade, right? Well, so. it's, it's a both parade. Oh, is it? Okay. They have two showings, one like mid-afternoon and then one around dusk. Oh, okay. Dusk with the time change or because the time change is next week, right? We spring forward. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we spring forward next week. So, Well, then maybe it won't be dusk then. (laughs) (laughs) But it does have a lot of lighting effects and and screens on some floats, which... From what I've and been seeing online, those elements are better seen when there's not as much light out. Right. I, I got that from, I saw a, uh, or I saw a couple of people talk about it on Facebook when they had the, I guess the soft opening and they were complaining that, uh, the effects weren't that great to see during the day. It would be better if it was a little darker. So, right. 
I was trying to look at the, uh, the times that they have listed now, but, uh, it's not coming up too quick. So I'll just look at it later. Cause I, I don't know what time the parade is now. Yeah. I haven't even looked now that, now that it's actually debuted, I'm not sure what time they're actually showing it. Let's see if maybe I can get it to pull up here. Oh, here. I got it today. Now it finally opened. Magic Happens Parade was at 3.30 and 6. Okay. So, So, yeah, 6 is right around dusk right now. Right. When the time changes, it'll be an hour from dusk. Yeah, maybe. They may may push it back, though. What, and push it to 7? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Because that's just a time for today, so... I didn't, I didn't look forward, but yeah, I, I, I've heard, I've heard it's a great parade. I just saw a thing on Disney parks block today where they did a little, like a minute of talking to people that seen it. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it sounds like it's a cool parade. You know, it's got, I, I like it cause of the one float with the, uh, uh, with the sword in the stone. Uh, cause that's not something you normally, you don't see those characters. So, right. And so that is pretty cool. The, yeah. that float looked particularly cool. He does pull the sword from the stone every now and then along the parade route, so that's pretty okay. cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the parade. I, I'm sure I could find it on YouTube, so maybe I'll check it. Or maybe you can do a live feed when you're there, and I can watch it on Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was planning on trying to be a little more social when I go this time. Maybe try to live stream the the parade. Um, maybe do some videos, some, uh, some food review videos from when I'm over at food and wine. So okay. we'll, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah. Cause we, we will not be recording that week that you're there. So no, uh, nope. you can fill up Facebook with some stuff and I'll find some stuff to talk about too. So, yeah. All right. So what else happened? Oh, let's we'll talk to about this. Maybe get James on after, I'm back cause I'm going with James and we can do a, like a collective trip report. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That can work. Yeah. That'll work. We'll get him back. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll want to come back on. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? We're Again. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of going to the parks, there's quite a few people that will not get to go to parks, especially if you're planning on going to, any park in China or Tokyo. Uh, I just read that they're going to close down Tokyo for a couple weeks and uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong had already been closed because of the coronavirus. Um, Yeah, it's pretty bad over there. So uh, I didn't hear of anything. uh, I, I haven't heard of any numbers from Japan. So I don't know if it was, if it's real bad there or if it's just in precaution. Um, kind of heading it off. Uh, I know they're going to be closer two weeks. And then after that, they'll kind of re-examine yeah. what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what the situation looks like in Japan. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, if it's not bad in Japan right now, I imagine that they just did it in order to prevent further spread. Right. right. Cause I did also hear if, you know, if it gets worse in that area, that there's a possibility about that the, uh, the Olympics this year would be, postponed or canceled uh, cause they're supposed to take place in Japan. So, um, that would be, that would be, I mean, I don't want to say that'd be horrible, but 
because you know people dying obviously is horrible. Uh, I mean, it would be tough if you are an athlete in, yeah. and you've been training for however many years. You were gonna you had the arrangements to go, right? And then for it to get canceled, it probably won't be rescheduled. It'll just be in four years for the next right. Summer Olympics. Yeah. So we'll see. Standing by on that, but yeah, the three parks closed for a little while. Uh, obviously, probably losing quite a bit of of cash of money. Uh, but you know, you don't want, you don't want all that crowd people getting infected and sick and then taking it on to other places. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye out on Disneyland Paris. Uh, I haven't heard anything of them closing. Um, but I I've also heard of Disneyland and Walt, Walt Disney world that some of the things they've been putting out that they're just going to keep monitoring the monitoring the situation. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if if uh, things started happening more here than they are now, uh, yeah, I, I I could see possibility of closing down. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen because uh, you're going there in a couple weeks. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you guys Have you guys talked about that or? Take that uh, back. <laughs> what's take that? I said take it back. I'm not. I'll knock on some wood. Nothing's gonna happen over here. That'll that'll close down Disneyland right now so you're good you're good i I don't want to put a damper on your trip but (laughs) let's see today's today's the second yeah i'll be there on the 18th so i've basically got two just under two and a half weeks two weeks to go so maybe it'll uh make the parks a little empty maybe people will be worried about it and they'll stay home and uh you'll have you'll have boarding group one and then you'll get on rises resistance quickly. And I, I think I have a plan to get boarding group number one <laughs> oh, on yeah? Thursday, the second day of our trip. So I will keep okay. you posted on that. I think okay. I can do it. Yeah. I, I've only seen a couple of people post. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there, I mean, I obviously know there's tons and tons of people who've got boarding group one. Cause I mean, you have to have boarding group one, but I've seen some people on Facebook post their, their screenshots of their phone saying they got boarding group one. And one was actually a paper ticket. I guess they had made it over to the kiosk and they got boarding group one. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our plan for Thursday because we have the three day ticket. So that means we get the magic morning. And so Tyler and I are going to go in early at, for our, for our magic morning. And we're going to go over to splash mountain far away from everybody else. Yeah. And we're just going to stand in front of that uh, kiosk and wait for eight o'clock. And as soon as the clock strikes, eight shove our ticket in there and get it get number one <laughs> you'll be boarding group 99 <laughs> you know what why am i even talking to you <laughs> that'd be horrible oh did, did i speaking of boarding or uh kiosk or whatever did i send you that picture of the because remember james was talking about last week about his story that they went over to space mountain they walked all the way up and they they went to where the old kiosk used to be and they're no longer there. They're back down. Well, I, I found a picture. I guess there was uh, somebody on Facebook was saying, asking where the kiosk was because their son was there, I think. And he had texted her and they were up at the old kiosk place, the oh, location, yeah. and they couldn't find him. 
So I, I didn't, I didn't remember if I saved the picture or if I sent you and James, a, I might've just sent it to James. You sent it to both of us. Okay. Okay. I just in, thought that was in our, in our group chat. Okay. All right. So we got, uh, we got Disney parks closing. We got, uh, what else did we, we got your trip to Disneyland, your food and wine, probably the biggest, uh, I'll say topic of the week. The biggest story was Bob Iger stepping down from Disney CEO. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, he was under contract until the end of 2021. I just assumed it would be the end of 2021. And I think that's what most people thought. I think it blindsided pretty much everyone, the announcement, because right. it wasn't like he was going to do it like a year early. You know, he's, he's not completely gone from the company and we'll get into that, but yeah, I think it just kind of blindsided everyone because it was effective immediately and he's stepping down. Right. And with Bob Chapek taking over as CEO. Yeah, it was what, Tuesday morning, I think? Yeah, I believe I it think, was Tuesday I, morning. I think I sent you the, when I sent you the leak, had you heard or? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Because I know I, I think saw I, had, I think I had heard, I think it was kind of blowing up everywhere by before okay. you sent it to me. Cause I want to say, cause I was at work when I saw it and it was the article. I think I had sent you, it was posted like 30 minutes before I had sent it to you. So there was at least 30 minutes there. Um, I can't remember what time you sent it to me. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and look. Um, no, let's see. It was Tuesday. I sent it to you at two thirty one. And the article was timed at, let's see, so I sent it 2.31 our time. It was 4.05 Eastern time is when the article was posted. So was that 26 minutes? Yeah. So about and 26 I, minutes after they had posted it on, it was a CNBC article that I sent to you. Right. And, and I think I had just seen it before you texted me. Cause it hadn't been out there for very long. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that happened last Tuesday afternoon, shocked a bunch of people. I mean, Twitter blew up, Facebook blew up. Um, some people blew up, some people blew up and we, <laughs> yeah, we won't go too much into that. But, <laughs> uh, but first, I mean, be, before we get talking about Bob Chapek, I, I was going to mention a few things about Bob Iger. Uh, I guess we should call Bob Iger, Robert Iger, and then we can tell him apart. Robert and Bob. Um, I mean, he, when did he, he, he became CEO and what, what were we looking at? 2005? 2005. Yeah. Uh, and in that time, uh, I mean, he took over from Michael Eisner, which Michael Eisner didn't have a very good run the last, what, four to five years that he was CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did a lot. Of, I think, I think he did a lot of good stuff in the beginning when he was, uh, teamed up with Frank Wells. Uh, looking back now, though, I think in 2020, Michael Eisner's looked on a little more favorable than he was in 2005. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, what surprised me is because I've always, since I've kind of gotten into Disney more, um, uh, you know, in these later years of my life, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, just the different documentaries that I've watched or the different things that I've read. Um, I, oh, by the way, Cody's of, like, Cody's like 22 or 23 or something. So later you don't years, even know. 
Yeah, I do. You had to. You're, you're going to be 23 this year. Do you know that for sure? Yeah, you were born in 97. You're positive. I'm positive. <laughs> Am um, I wrong? I I thought you were pretty confident. Are, oh, I'm asking you, you. Do you do you even know when you were born? <laughs> yes, uh, I was born in '97. <laughs> yes. All right, 23. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with Isaac. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like I was saying, just the different things I had watched or, or read or or whatnot. Eisner kind of got a bad rap in his last few years, and I think he even. I'd have to go back and watch it, but I thought it was very interesting. It almost kind of surprised me that he was on the Imagineering story for, Mm -hmm. you know, a particular episode where they were were talking about things that happened during his tenure um, of the Walt Disney company. And, you know, and I think one of those things was like DCA, right? Right. Well, yeah, he was Um, CEO when they, when they, when they opened. Right. And so, and I think he was specifically spent a little bit of time talking about DCA and then also, I don't know if it was probably Hong Kong or even Tokyo Disney. One of the two, he was pretty instrumental in and I can't remember which one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to look back, but regardless, but yeah, it kind of surprised me that he was there. Cause I was like, wow, I thought nobody liked him, but you know, he's right. CEO. So they're not going to shun him, but, but seeing him on there and he just hearing him talk about different things gave me, kind of an appreciation for him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I imagine that being the CEO of a company like the Walt Disney company with as big as it is, with as many facets as it has, that it would be extremely difficult, a very difficult job. There's a lot to keep track of a lot of decisions to make. Right. And kind of like we, we were talking earlier, kind of like, I mean, any, any, you look back at any president and at the time, I mean, I've always said I'd never want to be president because half the people hate you and half the people like you. So yeah. no matter I, what you do. Yeah. No matter what, what you do. So, uh, I kind I kind of compared it to, to, to that. There was people, there's people that were going to like, him. and I heard a lot of good stuff about his early tenure, but it was just that last four to five years. I think that is when I read the bad stuff. Uh, so, and then, I mean, you, you mentioned DCA, you know, DCA was kind of, uh, I don't want to say look look down upon or, uh, but Iger did come in. I, I, Iger was in when they did the, you want to call it a renovation or a relaunch or rebranding. They like to use. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So he was, he was in there for that. Uh, some of the other things Iger did, I mean, you look, he oversaw the acquisition of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, uh, 20th, 21st century Fox. And then yeah. his last big thing obviously was Disney plus, I think as far as launching a la- launching a streaming service to compete with, you know, the ones that are already out there like Netflix. So, right. Um, would you look at just, and he did a ton of stuff, but you look at just those things, the acquisitions and then putting Disney into the digital streaming, you know, competition, right. Because that's something that I think a lot of people desired from Disney was kind of like a digital library that they could just access whenever they wanted. Right. You know, because you either had to go and buy the movie and sometimes those movies weren't always available to buy. And only a limited amount of offerings were on Netflix and it was typically the newer stuff, you know. Right. 
Um, Speaking, I, I want to go kind of off topic, but still on topic of Disney Plus streaming. I texted you a couple of days ago. And I, I, I kind of, was, I didn't really vent to you, but I was like, there's some crazy people on Facebook today. Remember that text? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them was without saying any names or anything. And this, you talking about the streaming service reminded me of it. She, she posted that she was so upset and that she was considering canceling her Disney plus subscription because frozen two had come out on Blu-ray and DVD, but it was not out on Disney plus and her daughter really, really wanted to watch it. And she didn't want to go buy the DVD. She, she said, I thought that was supposed to be the plan for Disney Plus so that we don't have to go buy the movies. And there was no. probably about 90 to 100 people responding to her. Basically, her post obviously didn't go the way she thought it would go because she ended up deleting it later because I went back to look at some of the response and it was gone. <laughs> so, yeah, that was never the intention of Disney Plus to have something when it first came out. That, that, no. that would That would – that's not a good business model. I mean, no. you want people to go buy the DVDs and the Blu-rays and the digital copies. Uh, and I think if, I think someone looked at some of the last couple of releases to come out and it was like, like between 60 and like 75 days where they started to appear on Disney plus. So right. uh, frozen two will be on there eventually. Yeah, I've, I've already seen an article. I didn't, I didn't look at it cause I didn't really care about right. when, when it was coming to Disney plus, but I saw an article where it was announced when exactly frozen two would be available hmm. on, on Disney plus. So it's okay. coming. Right. right. And I just I would, wanted to bring that up because it was, I was, there was a couple things that I saw that day that I was like, I just can't believe some people, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rant too much, but probably just as many of these Disney groups as, as you are. <laughs> yeah. And we're probably in a lot of the same ones, but then there's probably some that vary, but I, I look through some of these sometimes and I'm like, what? Why am I in these? Exactly. Why? Exactly. So I, oh, it was so funny because the other day someone posted in one of the groups um, and it was a meme, but it was hilarious because every time I see a stupid question in these Disney groups, it's the same thought that goes through my mind. And the meme was stop asking questions that can be answered by Google, by Google. <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, in that case, the, the Disneyland app or what, what have you, or, or Google is, is very right. good for Google some of these basic right. questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can, I mean, I, I can understand. People, you probably see it too. Is I was like, Oh, we're, we're wanting to do a, uh, a, a three day trip to Disneyland in a couple of months. And we were trying to decide to get park hoppers or just one day, per park, you know, one park per day ticket. I was wondering what the price difference was. Right. Why yeah. are you, why are you asking people on Facebook what that is? By the You're time get you 20 wait, different answers. Yeah. And, and another 20 of those same answers. And it's just right. like, by the time you wait for that, you could have had your answer if you just would have went to Google or Disneyland.com, you know? Right. And the other one, which we'll get back on topic in a minute, but this, this is fun. The other one that I see a lot is, like, am I the only one who hasn't seen this movie? And usually I'll post, yes, you are the only one who has not ever seen that movie. Uh, no, you're not the only one. There's millions of people who haven't seen that movie. But it's like, am I the only one? Am I the only one who's never ridden this ride? Yes. Yes. Matter of fact, you are the only one in history that has never ridden that ride. Uh, what are some of the, some of the other ones I saw? This like, am I the only one that loves this? It's like, no, you're not the only one that loves this yeah. movie or this ride or th collecting this item. 
Am I the only one who has a tattoo of Ariel on my ankle? No, you're not the only one. Cody has one too. So it's no, I'm really just kidding. <laughs> it's really cute. All right. So let's get back to the CEO of Disney. So, so Iger did a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. A lot of, I mean, obviously the company looks a lot different now than it did when he took over. Um, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so you got Bob Chapek coming in and I was just going to highlight some of the stuff that I saw in this article about him. That was, um, obviously it's, it's all what he's done. Uh, so factual stuff that he's done, not what people have thought about what he's done. So, uh, so basically he's the, he's the seventh CEO of the Disney company. And we were, we were, we were looking at some of the names earlier. Um, and where'd it go? Where's my list? I have so we here. got okay. I, yeah, I, it just popped up. Yeah, so we got before Chapek was Iger. Then before Iger, we talked about uh, Eisner. Uh, he was from eighty four to 05. We had Ron Miller in there from eighty three to eighty four. There's we a talked whole, about Ron Miller here on this podcast about a year ago. Was it last when February he, when he passed he, away? He passed away that we talked about yeah. him. Yep. Uh, there's some uh, if you watched. I think it, it was in the imaginary story, but if you read up on Ron Miller, there was some controversy on uh, him being replaced and all that. I'll, I'll let you go read about it because we could do a whole show, show on that. Uh, before Ron Miller from 76 to 83 was Card Walker. Uh, 71 to 76 was Don Tatum. And then from 1929 to 1971, it was Roy O. Disney. Um, and we were talking, you know, we, we always figured – Walt was somewhere in there as CEO, but he was, he was president. He was chairman of the board. He quit chairman of the board in 1960 to focus on creative aspects, but he was still, he was still up until the time he died. He was in charge of everything that Disney did, regardless of who was sitting in the CEO spot or president spot or whatever it may be. So, yeah. And, and, and just kind of knowing or not personally knowing, but all, all the things I've read and watched, you know, about, Walt and about Roy Walt was definitely the dreamer out of the two of them. He was the creative one. So it, it makes sense that Walt would put Roy as the CEO because Roy was the analytical one. Roy was the numbers guy. He's the one that made Walt's dream happen. Right. You know? Right. So, I mean, it, when you look at it that way, that, that makes perfect sense just knowing both their personalities and how they're, relationship as brothers and as business partners worked. Um, but it is just also very interesting. Never really looking at this list before like this, right? Always just assuming that that Walt was CEO until he, from the creation of the Walt Disney company till his death, you know? Right. Yeah. So Bob, after Bob Chapek, we'll call Bob, Bob, and we'll call Iger Robert. So you know the difference. Uh, <laughs> So this is from the Walt Disney Company website. Obviously, they're going to, it's his bio. So they're going to, you know, they're not going to say anything horrible. They're going to glorify the accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I'll go over some of his things. Uh, he was, he's been working for Disney for almost three decades. I, I think it's actually 27. Um, before becoming the seventh CEO in the 100 year, almost 100 year history, he served as chairman of Disney Parks, uh, experiences and products. So he's been, He's been over all the parks, uh, and that actually title was created in 2018. Prior to that, starting in 2015, he was chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. So in 2018, they just uh, created a different 
name for it, I guess. Um, so he, he was over all the parks in the, in the U S all the parks in Europe, Asia, uh, Antarctica, uh, Antarctica where, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and let's see, they go on to say, let's see some of the past jobs that he held. This one doesn't really say what I had post, what I had earlier. So let me go back to this one. Uh, Let's see. Prior to working at the parks, Chapek led Disney's home entertainment business starting in 2009, where he led the organization to record-setting performances. Um, let's see some of the other roles. Oh, this one doesn't see. I don't like this article either. But basically, he's been with the company for 27 years. And according to the articles I read, according to the Disney profile, during that time, uh, in every position that he's been in, there's been improve there. I mean, there th things have gone good there. There's, they've been making money basically. So, um, and that's kind of some of the, the bad things that I've heard about him, uh, because sometimes in order to make that money, he had to cut certain things or not do certain things, take away some certain things. And I think the biggest, the biggest ones that, which we were, we were talking about earlier, um, a lot of the big things that I've heard bad about him is that he does make cuts to, you know, we'll, we'll take uh, galaxy's edge for, for example, there was, when it was first announced, there was all these plans. I think there was supposed to be like a, um, what are those creatures that people sit on Mr. Star Wars over there? Uh, yeah, I'm Mr. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I think it was supposed to be a, a Bantha. Like you're supposed to be able to like circle the galaxy's edge in those or something right on them. Uh, yeah, almost kind of like an African elephant ride type of deal. You get all the right. way on top, it walks around. It kind of takes you from one side of the land to the other side of the land. So um, obviously that was cut cuz I, I saw I saw concept art for it, but it, it hasn't materialized. Yeah. It doesn't like you were saying earlier, it doesn't mean that it's not going to materialize later. Uh and a lot of things that he cut, he cut a lot of the entertainment in there, a lot of the the interaction with characters and droids, a lot of that was cut out to save, save money. And like you said, doesn't mean it's not going to come back later. Well, and one of the things people complained about when Galaxy's Edge first debuted was there were supposed to be droids just roaming around. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any of that. Right. Well, you've probably seen on Facebook recently within the last eh, month, maybe, R2-D2 has been roaming around. He's not just... Because before when, when I went last June during the park's reservation only kind of three, four week period, R2-D2 was there, but he was inside of like the droid shop in the little souvenir shop attached to the droid building experience. And he was beeping and booping in there. And now I don't know if this is the same droid and now they've just made him roam around outside or if it's a different one entirely but he now roams around the park quote-unquote freely there's someone dressed in plain clothes um with like a satchel backpacker something like that and they have their hands kind of behind their back into the in the bag and they're dressed in plain clothes and they stay I don't know, 15 to 20 feet away from R2-D2 and they control him from there. Mm. Um, so that's now something that's starting to be implemented within the last month. So right. like you were just saying, 
those things may not have happened at launch. And I personally think it would have been a lot if they did all this stuff at launch because it was just with as crowded as it was and everything. But some of these yeah, things still may happen. Right. And and I, I know I, I've read some where he was where, and I, you know, I don't like, like I was mentioning Cody before the show started, I don't know the inner workings of the Walt Disney company and how the, the guy over the parks, which was Chapek and how he, you know, how much did Iger have in the say of what happened or if Iger gave him free reign to do whatever he wanted. Uh, I know he, a lot of the blame was put on him for the, for the, the late start for rise of the resistance have uh, not being open, ready to go when galaxy's edge opened on who on, on Chapek or on Iger. Chapek. No, on, on Chapek. Chapek. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of the shows being, I guess, cut a lot of the entertainment being cut, uh, is his calls, um, as that way is to save money and increase the bottom line for the company, making the company more money. I'm sure it, it has a play in it. Um, some of the other things I can remember him being blamed for that I, that I looked up uh, when they were talking about the Eastern gateway and the fourth hotel, which I, I know a lot of that had to do with the relationship between Anna Anaheim and Disney. Now, was that, was that Chapek's fault? Was that Iger's fault? Was that Anaheim's fault? I, I don't know. I, I wasn't in those meetings. So. Yeah. So that, that begs the question, the relationship between the city of Anaheim and Disneyland who 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 deals with the city? Is it just lawyers? Did Chapek ever have to get involved with you know going down to City Hall and hashing things out with the city, trying to get things on, on Disney's side? So then, yeah, so that's an interesting thing I hadn't thought of. Like, was there was the tension between Disney and the city and all that? Was that specifically Chapek? Was it just Disney as an entity? I know a lot of it had to do with just the unhappy business owners on Harbor. Yeah. Um, and they just, I think were voiced enough complaint to the city that they were like, we can't piss off all these people on Harbor and, and put in this bridge. You got to figure yeah. another way out. Yeah. I just know most of the stuff I saw with people being upset with Chapek dealt with star Wars galaxy's edge and the, and the, and the lack of, I guess what, I don't want to say promise, but what was shown. Right. And then it's also interesting. I wonder how much was Chapek directly involved in that and how much was Iger directly involved in that? Because I'm sure Chapek was there at the, you know, Chapek might've been at the Walt Disney world opening of galaxy's edge. And did more of like the emceeing and, you know, the speeches and stuff. Whereas in Disneyland, a lot of it was Bob Iger. Mm. So, yeah. and I don't remember because I watched the live stream of like the, the cast preview and the media event. And then the actual stream that the Disney Parks blog did of the opening ceremony for Galaxy's Edge. Right. And I don't recall chapek being involved in that like he may have been somewhere in the background but he wasn't up on stage it was all Iger. yeah i don't i don't remember seeing and i don't i don't think i watched him though so i wouldn't know i mean i did i i was very into it um so then uh, yeah it just begs the question who's who's really to blame if anybody's to blame right you know 
the thing is, is with Rise of the Res just looking at Rise of the Resistance compared to when the rest of the line opened, I'm sure people would have been happier having the land open back in May, June, end of May last year rather than waiting for the whole land to open, you know, yeah, five weeks ago. Right. right. When Rise of the Resistance opened. So that could have been the timeline Rise of the Resistance was always on to begin with. That they knew that it was not going to debut at Disneyland until January 2020. They knew that from when they started building. But they had got the rest of the park done. And so they're like, well, we might as well get people in here. Because we can, you know, keep everyone out of where we're working and let them enjoy the rest of it that's ready to go. I think that's probably more likely what happened. And I I, I base that off nothing but then just my own intuition, but... Right. And, you know, I just found what I kind of what I was looking for here earlier. It says JPEG was named chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts in 15. His tenure was marked by the opening of Shanghai Disney in 2016, the doubling of the Disney Cruise Fleet Line, the addition of the immersive Star Wars lands at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, the expansion of Marvel inspired attractions worldwide, and the massive development projects at Disneyland Paris. So uh, there's. Take take it out of I guess just Disneyland, because I, right. I, I I think that's what a lot of the criticism that I've read has dealt with just Disneyland. You know, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the Eastern Gateway, uh, you know, Pixar Pier. Uh, so uh, obviously he he's done something good that that and and I don't know how he was. I I, I would assume it was the decision by the board. I don't think Iger got to you know. Iger probably had some say in it as far as his replacement, but obviously the guy's done some good for the company that they, they thought he deserved to be CEO. So, uh, I'm I mean, always, I don't, I don't know the hierarchy of the Walt Disney company and who else is, is in upper management. That's not something I follow, but Bob Chapek is a name that I've definitely heard before. And so when it was announced that he would be the successor, that name didn't throw me off because I had heard it before. And I said, you know, you know what? And with me being a, a, an avid fan of the parks, I don't see anything wrong with where the parks are going. In my opinion. So yeah, they've cut down on some live entertainment here and there. And that's unfortunate, especially for the people that were employed by doing the live entertainment. But I can see where financially that live entertainment, the little shows that they just put on here and there in the street or in the golden horseshoe or what have you, those types of live entertainment. Yeah. Those aren't money makers for the park or the Walt Disney company. People don't go to Disneyland to watch the Dapper dance. Now, if they're there and they see the Dapper dance, sure. It's a nice little treat, but they don't go there specifically for that. I think I think for the for the maybe if you're an annual pass holder and you 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 go to the parks you know 200 out of the 365 days there there may be days where you just go to do that but the average right. per, the average tourist on a vacation with their family you know they want to they want to ride the rides they 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 want to you know eat the food they want to do the stuff that because they may not be back for a couple years so uh, and I will say this in the last I'd say at least five years not having to even do with Chapek's 
being in charge of the park, but maybe it does have to do with that. I'd say with at least within the last five years, attractions, new attractions at the parks have been great. Food options have gotten a lot better quality wise. And then just variety wise, the festival foods, um, they're branching out on churros. There's always new churros around the park, right? Um, merchandise, and I, and I spend a lot of money on merchandise every time I go. And I think he used to be a merchandise guy. Yeah. Well, and, and in the, the new title for the chairman of parks is like uh, parks experiences and merchandise or something. Did, did I read it here? Right. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's, he served as the chairman of Disney parks experiences and products. Parks. So yeah, products, yeah. AKA merchandise. I think the merchandise within the last few years has been better than it's ever been. I mean, I don't know whose idea specifically spirit jerseys were, but whoever they were, give that person a raise because those things have blown up. And Cody loves his spirit jerseys. I love them. (laughs) And now they have them for dogs. (laughs) I think, um, and some of the other criticism I, I saw about him was the, which was the rising ticket prices, which was probably going on before he took, uh, he took over that, that portion of it because I know in 2000, was it 2005 when I bought my annual passes? Um, I want to say they were only like three or 400 bucks. Maybe, maybe, yeah, somewhere in, in, in there. And, and I know and, the, the, the names of the passes has obviously changed I, in the last yeah, 15 years. Some, some passes have been taken I didn't have any. Uh, I didn't have any blackout dates. That was a 365 days a year pass. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember having having any blackout dates. I could be totally wrong because that was 15 years ago. But I know my wife got the she got the pass above me because it came with the parking and the the higher discount. So she got the better pass. But I don't think there was any blackout. I don't remember any blackout dates. So I'd have to, you know, I don't know, do some research and see what the passes were about. That because time, obviously but. you guys were both going at the same time. So you would want to make sure that there wasn't any right. weird thing where and one of you could have, there could have been blackout days. I just don't, maybe it was, maybe it was just like Christmas, you know, the last two weeks of the year or I don't, I don't remember exactly, but yeah. So, I mean, he's blind. He, he took a lot of heat for rising ticket prices The the, the changing of the, annual passes, basically what, you know, what they were. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I we're, we're, we're talking earlier. It's, it's hard to judge how, how, how he's going to do. I mean, um, like we were talking about Eisner, he was hated at the end of his tenure, but now it's kind of looked he's looked upon better. Uh, I say, I mean, I give the guy a chance. I mean, uh, over the last, I mean, five years while he's been in that job. I mean, to me, it seems like attendance in the parks is good. Uh, I mean, they, they say they struggled last summer. Uh, Cause I guess they had a lot of blackout dates for annual pass holders last summer. The opening of star Wars galaxy's edge, yeah, every pass, but the signature and the signature plus and the premiere, right. which is for both coasts right. was blacked out for majority of the summer. And so maybe they lost some money in the summer, uh, with the lower crowds, but they definitely made up for it with the, the movies they made last year. Uh, and then the, as far as I know, those crowds are back. I mean, it, 
I oh, see. I, I mean, the last since Rise of the Resistance has opened, the parks uh, have been nuts. Right. So maybe, I mean, maybe, I mean, they had a plan, obviously. I mean, I don't know if they thought the annual pass holders would buy regular tickets just to go to Galaxy's Edge, and, and they didn't. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and, I, and I'm, and I know some of them did. Right. There were some of them that did because they they wanted to check it out, especially like some of those YouTubers I watch. Right. You know, but most of them have the past that weren't blocked out anyways. But there are some other people, some lower level people that didn't yeah. have those higher tickets. But then I think they're kind of in a catch 22. I, I would have thought, you know, maybe last summer they don't black out as many people. Galaxy's Edge is just so, so crowded that it's not even bearable. And then they take the heat for, well, why didn't you do something to control the crowds? So they did yeah, something it, to control the crowds. And, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I say, I say good luck to them. I mean, it, you don't, I don't think you, you don't want them to fail. Obviously you want them to be successful. I mean, yeah, of, oh, so, of course, because him failing means the whole, you know, bad things for the entire company, for movie right. studios, for animation, for, for parks here and international. I mean, we want, we want our park experience to continue getting better. I, and I think with, with Bob coming in now, uh, I'll probably pay a little more attention to the hierarchy, uh, right. just cause I want to see how he, you know, I want to see how, how he does, uh, Obviously, like I said, uh, like I compared it to the, like any president, you know, half the people are going to hate you. So um, there's going to be people out there during his tenure that, you know, they'll find it their duty to, to, you know, say bad things about him regardless. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to dislike the guy until he gives me a reason to. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the park stays open, I guess I'm good. So (laughs) (laughs) So if he'll Uh, put a giant dome over Disneyland to keep the coronavirus out. We'll be good. There you go. There you go. So you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, good luck to Bob Chapek. I mean, uh, he's got enough people out there that hate him. I don't want to hate him too. I mean, I, I really do, do hope that he does well. Um, he's got really big shoes to fill in my opinion after Iger. So yeah. we'll, we'll see, we'll see what his era as CEO brings us in the next however many years. Yeah, and the only thing I, the only other thing I wanted to bring up on that, and it's kind of, I, yeah, I don't know what role he's going to play, but Iger's still with the company. He's just now the executive chairman, right? Yes, executive I, chairman. First I don't and really only. Yeah, first and only. I don't really know what that entails yet. So I, you know, yeah. is it is it Robert holding Bob's hand for the next twenty one months or whatever it may be to get him ready for when he leaves? I mean, to me, it'd be. I don't know if me coming as, as an incoming CEO, I would want that little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overlap. You know, I wouldn't want, you yeah. know, I wouldn't want Iger to be gone on Monday and me start on Tuesday and not have, you know, you know, crap, what do I do? So it, it'd be, it's kind of nice to have kind of like when a lot of times when I was in the military, I would, I would be PCS and the person taking over for me would come in like a month before or whatever. So we had a little time to, Hey, hey, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. All right. Peace out. I'm gone. Uh, so I, you know, a little bit, that would have been good. 21 months. I'm not sure that's a long time to still be working because basically he's going to be working under the shadow of Robert Iger for the next, you know, 21 months, maybe even longer than that, even after he leaves. Because Iger's still chairman of the board. 
As far as I know, yeah. And then he's also executive chairman of the company. That's yeah. That's Whatever. What, or executive. Is it? It chairman? says executive chairman. Yeah. 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 So what? Whatever that means. I mean, he like like we said, he's the first and only executive chairman. Um. Now, in this article on CNN, it says Iger has assumed the role of executive chairman and will direct the company's creative endeavors. So basically, like in 1960, I think it was when Walt stepped aside from being the president and said, hey, I'm just going to be in charge of the creative stuff. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. And he's under contract until December 31st, 2021. So. And then, yeah. So I assume until that time, he's going to be this creative leader. Right. Right. And it'd be it'd be nice to be Bob Chapek and Hey, I got a question. Hey, Mr. Iger, can you come to my office? I got a question. You know, it, it, it'd be nice to have a better office. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now it did, did Robert Iger say, Hey, I'm keeping this office until December 2020 and you can stay in your own office. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's all really I wanted to say about that. So good luck to Mr. Chapek, Bob Chapek. Um, oh, I, and I'll just make this real brief because it's it's kind of just malarkey. But did you <laughs> see what some people were saying after when when Iger and you know CNBC or whatever made the announcement that Iger was stepping down effective immediately? Did you see what some people online were saying that the reason that it's happened all of a sudden and that it's effective immediately is because Iger is joining the Democratic? nominee race for 2020 i i saw yeah i saw that i didn't i didn't really because i mean i've heard of you know things of people wanting him to run to president i I don't know what party affiliation he is regardless but he's still on board with the company like you said until 2021 he can't run for president it's too late to jump into the race now anyways yeah yeah i know there was a lot of a lot of different things It, it, it was a shock you know that oh yeah i get it so there was all I kinds of speculation uh but i think one of the articles i said basically he said it came down to i we just finished you know the the acquiring 20th century fox and and starting disney plus and it just felt like a good time for me to step to the side and yeah you know, what else are you going to do in the next 21 months so let somebody else come in and that way they're not taking over some stuff that maybe you have started and didn't have right. time to finish. so and then like i say he'll still he'll he'll still be there to lend his give his advice lend his hand whatever right. whatever needs to be done so yeah so yeah there was because all the park stuff that's still underway like in walt disney world like all right. the stuff going on in epcot and just the stuff that they're doing for the preparation of the 50th bob right. chapek was probably really instrumental in all that so that's not going to be you know, he can handle that as CEO as well because he was already involved in that process beforehand. Right. Whereas, have like, you seen who's taken over his that? spot? Have you, have, have you seen who's taken over his spot? That I haven't seen. No, I, okay. I haven't either. So I'm just making sure I didn't miss it. And, and maybe that's why Iger is staying on as executive chairman. So Chapek has time to find a replacement for that position or the board finds a replacement, you know, cause maybe, maybe JPEG is still temporarily kind of juggling both CEO and his old position. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't see. And I looked last week too, to see if there was something and 
I didn't see, uh-uh. I didn't see anything. So, okay. All right. So then, uh, which we're almost done here. This is going to be a fast one, I think. So there was a few things that happened at Disney World last week that I actually saw people blaming Chapek for. <laughs> so, <laughs> the man just took over Tuesday. I don't think he had anything to do with the Jungle Cruise boat sinking at Disney World. So, uh, yeah, Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, I guess. Uh, Jungle Cruise ride started taking on water. Um, I saw some pictures of the uh, people standing in like a foot of water on the boat. I guess it took them about 20 minutes. Everyone was, was evacuated safely. And a couple hours later, the ride was back up and running. So uh, James had actually texted me. He goes, hey, I heard you mention that uh, that you've never been able to walk off a ride. How would you like to walk off this one? So uh, that, <laughs> You're not walking off that one. You're swimming. <laughs> no, no, you're swimming. <laughs> but I mean, the water's not that deep anyway. So yeah, it says the boat sank, but you know, it's only like two to three feet deep, I think. Uh, but there's a picture of here. looks like a cast member still in the boat. Boat's pretty much full of water. Um, uh, I think I sent you definitely tell that it's come off its track. Cause, cause those boats are on a track if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of propelled forward with the, 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 the engine of the boat. Right. Right. Um, the steering wheel has no effect whatsoever. It's not connected to anything. Um, but you can tell that it's leaning, that it's it's <laughs> off kilter, off its track. And I don't know if that's what caused it to take on water or if the water can't, started coming through the bottom of the boat and then the yeah, weight yeah. came off and then it tilted. I don't know. Yeah, I never saw anything on the reason for it. I know people posted on Twitter that it was a publicity stunt to promote Jungle Cruise movie later this year. But yeah. No, they I wouldn't do that, that to get <laughs> They wouldn't do that, but. Yeah. So if you were there and, uh, I mean, I think there was, I think it was a full, a full boat of people. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a good, th- and I'm assuming it wasn't one of the ADA boats. Cause that would have been really unfortunate right, if somebody yeah. was on a wheelchair. Right. So yeah, they were rescued and taken to dry land and the ride opened a couple hours later. And then I, I'm pretty sure on the same day, uh, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover, I guess, two of the cars collided. Um, I didn't hear of any injuries. It was closed for, I guess, a couple hours. So, so, uh, two rides in one day had, had accidents out at, uh, Walt Disney world. So, I mean, it's amazing that the monorail didn't have any issues that day too, because whatever (laughs) reason the monorail system in Walt Disney world is notorious for these catastrophic things happening while people are on board like it going down and it being however many feet high in the air and the doors being wide open and it moves at like what 20 30 miles an hour something like that yeah and you're yeah. you know 20 30 feet in the in the air and the doors are wide open yeah yeah it's, it was just those two rides so uh <laughs> luckily for I mean, them for whatever reason i mean cuz i mean i'd almost argue that they put a lot more money into Walt Disney World than they do Disneyland and it just amazes me that their monorail system has so many issues. Yeah. And our, like you never hear any issues with our monorail system. Did you get to ride the monorail when you were out there? I did At not. No. no, because their monorail is a little bit different. It doesn't run inside the park like ours oh. does. Oh, okay. Theirs is literally more of a transportation system and it takes you from the, that like what they call like the magic kingdom hotels, which is like the grand Floridian, the, I almost said cosmopolitan, um, the contemporary 
and the Polynesian. Oh, okay. The three really nice expensive hotels right on the water by Walt Disney World because Walt Disney World is right in front of this little lake. Right, right. And people will take a ferry to it or um, take the, the monorail will drop you off right in front of the park, but it doesn't go in the park. Uh, okay. And I wanted to kind of do the loop, their hotel loop and, and stuff the day before, the day I got there, the day before we went into the park. Um, but I just, I didn't have the time. Okay. Well, maybe but now I'm kind of nervous. Too. <laughs> uh, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Maybe, maybe I'll just skip the monorail in Disney World. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that was, uh, I think that was all I had uh, as far as new. Did, did you have anything else? I know you had mentioned earlier talking about food and wine, but I think you kind of got to talk about it in the beginning. So, well, I kind of want to, I mean, and, and you tell me if, if you, if you want to take the time to do it tonight, but I kind of wanted to talk about some of the offerings at the festival. Yeah, go ahead. Knock yourself out. So the food and wine festival just opened February 28th, whatever Friday was the 28th, I believe. Um, I talked about them having a sip and saver pass. What that sip and saver pass is, um, basically what it is, is, is you pay an upfront price, either $56 for a non AP or you get an AP discount and that brings it down to $51. And it's just this little lanyard that you get. And on the bottom of the lanyard, it has these eight little pull tabs or breakaway tabs that you redeem for an, a food or beverage item at any of the food and wine booths. And it, it saves you money if you use it right. Uh, if you're an annual pass holder and you pay the $51 for it, as long as you're spending like $6.45 per every tab, plastic tab, breakaway tab that you redeem, you're saving money. If if you're not an AP holder and you pay the $56 for it, you have to spend at least $7 per item, which isn't that difficult to do because most items are at least seven, some are $7.50, some are eight, some are $8.50. So um, if you want to get something that's, less than whatever that amount is because you get eight tabs. So divide your 51 or 56 by eight. And that'll tell you how much you're paying per each item with the tab. I've seen people say, if you want something like one of the five or $6 options, it's better just to pay for it with cash, you know, so you're not wasting the money. But there are a few booths that I just wanted to go over. Um, I did some homework and looked at some of the offerings that looked good to me. I'm not going to go through every booth. I'm not going to go through every option at every booth, but I, I do have a handful here. Of just some of the items that looked good for me and, and their prices. I thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk about them. So the first booth is called nuts about cheese. <laughs> and one of their offerings is the, is called Fiscalini white cheddar lager soup in a mini Bodine sourdough bowl. And that's for $6.75. That sounds really good to me. They had that last year. They had a, um, a cheese lager soup in a bread bowl last year when we went that I really wanted to try and I just didn't do it. So I'm going to do it this year. And like I said, that's $6.75. Also at that booth, they have Impossible Cheeseburger Mac and Cheese. 
And when I say impossible, I mean the brand impossible. So this is plant-based meat. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so it's it's not meat at all. That then it's is not a burger. Well, <laughs> you gonna try it? I know Tyler really wants to try it. I might snag a bite. I am interested if if I were to try the Impossible Meat because I know Burger King has like an Impossible Whopper. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of Burger King really all that much to begin with. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to a Burger King, but I'd be more willing to try the impossible quote unquote meat in a situation like this rather than at like Burger King. Okay. So, uh, and that's $8. There's another booth called golden dreams and there they have a brunch fried chicken and waffle sandwich with mimosa inspired slaw and OJ bubbles. Hmm. Um, sounds interesting. I don't know what the mimosa inspired slaw is supposed to, to be. Obviously it's some type of a, a coleslaw. I don't know how they make it mimosa inspired unless the, the sauce for the slaw just is, has like a white wine in it or something. Or not white wine, but well, I guess white wine, but like a champagne in it. Your guess would be as good as mine. Yeah. Um, And then the OJ bubbles are just like those, those popping pearls, but they're, I guess, orange juice. So that sounds different. Interesting. That's $8. Uh, They also have a strawberry rose lemonade that's non-alcoholic for $6. That sounded really good to me. The pictures of it look pretty interesting. I'd like to try that when I go. Next at the California Craft Brews booth, they have pepperoni pizza egg rolls served with marinara and pesto sauce. Uh, I've seen good reviews for them. People say it tastes like a pepperoni pizza shoved into an egg roll. So that's $7. At the one in a melon booth, they have a house-made watermelon agua fresca which has fresh watermelon, peaches, agave nectar, and fresh lime juice for $6, something I am interested to try. At Pepper's Caliente, C-A-L-I-N-T-E, for California, they have a creamy poblano pepper pasta for $7.75. That one looks pretty interesting too. I have heard that that one is very spicy though. So if you're not into spicy things, probably pass on this one. I have heard that it's very flavorful, but it is extremely spicy. Um, at LA style booth, they have monkey bread, uh, which they describe as fresh bread soaked in butter, cinnamon, and sugar baked with caramel sauce and a finished with uh, whiskey glaze and candied pecans for $6. At Avocado Time, they have a Petite Impossible Burger with guac and pepper jack cheese on a mini brioche bun for $8. So there's another Impossible Meat option. I've heard that's pretty decent as well, so maybe maybe I'll try that one. We'll see. They also have... So this one's actually kind of interesting. I don't know if I would try this because I'm not a very big avocado guacamole person it's just not really my thing 
Yeah, me neither. But they have this, it's called tortilla crusted fried guacamole with carne asada. So basically what they've done is they've taken slices of avocado. Um, it's breaded in like tortilla and then fried and it's served with carne asada and topped with pico de gallo and an avocado cream drizzle. So it's kind of like a deconstructed carne asada taco with fried slices of avocado. So if you like avocado and carne asada, that'd probably be a pretty good option. At the off the cob booth, they have mini chicken chimmies. Sounds pretty good for eight bucks. Uh, they also have, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm definitely going to get this one. It's the Mickey shaped caramel peanut milk chocolate macaron. Um, so the macaron is those sa- cookie sandwiches that you see at Disney. Um, I know there's like a little cart for them in downtown Disney, kind of right across the street from right in between the, the West world of Disney entrance. And then the entrance to Starbucks there in town, down Disney, kind of in front of the tram area. They have a, like a macaron booth in, in downtown Disney. But this one, I mean, this one, you can't, Jason can see me, but no one else can. I mean, it's, it's pretty good size. It's like the size of Cody's head. Yeah. Half. Um, so basically people are saying that that tastes like a, like a snicker macaron for six fifty. They also have a farm stand punch, which is non-alcoholic that has simply orange juice, pineapple juice, peach and grenadine for $6. So that sounded pretty good. Down over at Cluckadoodle Moo, they have ranch fried chicken wings with a drizzle of buffalo hot sauce for $8, a French onion grilled tenderloin slider topped with Gruyere cheese and caramelized onions on an onion roll for $8.50. They have a chocolate hazelnut crunch, which they describe as milk chocolate mousse filled with hazelnut ganache and hazelnut pieces. So this is kind of would be really similar to like a Ferrero Rocher candy. Those chocolate hazelnuts in the foil. Okay. I've seen them. Never had them. Yeah. Um, Cause there's even like a little speck of like gold leaf foil, edible gold foil on, on this as well. So that it's definitely got some Ferrero Rocher type of vibes. Um, okay. At garlic kissed. Now, this is the booth that one of the booths that I went to last year and last year they had this garlic macaroni and cheese with like garlic bread breadcrumbs on top of it. Hands down. And I I like to consider myself like a macaroni and cheese connoisseur was about the only (laughs) thing I ate growing up. My mom would testify to that. (laughs) Um, This was probably the best macaroni and cheese I have ever had. It was that good. Um, it was very garlicky. So if you're not big on garlic, it may not be for you because it was pretty heavy on the garlic, but it worked. It was just the enough garlic. Um, and it, oh man, it was good. We, we got it a couple of times last year and it was fantastic. Well, this year they've cranked it up a notch. So this year they have carbonara garlic mac and cheese with uh, Nesky's bacon. Um, I have never heard of this brand, but it's a brand of bacon 
new skis, Neskis, bacon. Um, so it has a white cheddar cream sauce topped with bacon and red pepper Parmesan uh, panko crumbs. Mm, okay. So, I mean, from the, the videos and the pictures I've seen, this bacon looks like some really high-quality bacon. And that's $8. I'll definitely be getting that. So pretty excited for that. So you guys got a lot of you got a lot of food to eat in those three days. I mean, that's what I was saying. <laughs> we're gonna go there every day for lunch while we're there, so we don't have to do it all in one day. Kind of spread it out a little bit. Right. Paradise right. Garden Grill, um, which is over there, kind of along the edge of the pier area. Which, on a side note, is probably my favorite place to eat in DCA. The the Garden Grill. Yep. I like the, their, the, their, the pasta. No, that that's boardwalk pizza oh, that, and pasta. Oh, that's okay. Right okay. Next, that's right next yeah. Door to this. this one's a walk up counter right next door. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, uh, this is paradise garden grill cut right over there by boardwalk pizza and pasta. Now they have some interesting offerings over there too, for food and wine. They have an impossible meatball sub for 1199 beer battered, beer battered fish tacos for 1349 a buffalo style roasted turkey leg for $12.99, brisket sliders for $12.49, brisket fries for $13.49, and a berry spectacular cookie shake for $6.99. Hmm. Uh, and that berry spectacular shake looks like because they've got like a like those mother animal cookies in there too, mixed with like berries and stuff. Looks pretty interesting. I've heard it's good, so. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the food and wine festival. I kind of started getting all that stuff this weekend, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't wait." So, do you got like a like a breakdown and a plan on when you're going to get what and what time you got to go over there? And no, um, I mean, a lot of it's kind of going to depend on when our boarding group happens to be for Ride of the Resistance, if we're able to get one. Right. Uh, we're going to be at Disneyland every morning to get a boarding pass or to attempt to get a boarding pass. And then depending on where we're at, we'll kind of dictate the rest of our day. But um, what is cool about the food and wine festival is you don't have to go to all of the booths, individual booths to order items from that booth. You can go to any booth that has a short line and order food for any of the other booths at whatever booth you happen to be at. Pay for it there and then just take your receipt to the other booths just whenever you want to, probably within that day. I don't know if they would let you do it, if it would carry over the course of a couple of days, or if they told you, well, if you're not going to use it today and then just buy it tomorrow. But um, you So you can buy it at any booth and pick it up whenever you want throughout the course of that day. And I would assume that they would just kind of mark it off on your receipt so you couldn't just keep coming back to redeem redeem it over and over. But right. that's kind of nice. So if you happen to be find a short line for a booth that's all the way on the other end of the festival, you can just order it there. And by the time you get down there, you can just pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. You have to come back. Uh, well, obviously you're going to come back because you're the co-host. But yeah, <laughs> of, of, all, of all the things you were looking forward to eating, you have to tell us what you're like maybe what your favorite was and then maybe one that you had really high expectations for and it was just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So, well, yeah. Right. So I, I will definitely do that. I'll maybe try to get some pictures or some video, trying some things. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how how well I do. But I'm super excited. I'm excited to try some food. It's really fun to go to DCA when they have these festivals to get the different food offerings and, and things like that. I know when I went to to Disney World a couple of years ago when we were at Epcot, they were doing their Festival of the Arts, which was very heavily art centered. They had a lot of artists there, with, and they obviously were doing Disney art, but they had food booths all around the World Showcase as well. And obviously they were themed to all the different countries around the World Showcase, but got to try some different things that way. So that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. But that is all I had on that. All right. Well, only a couple more things before we get out of here tonight. I wanted to do our uh, Disney random A to Z for sure. And then I was thinking about doing a today in Disney history thing, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to replace that with something else. And I'll tell you what that is after we do our random Disney A to Z. Oh, you're uh, keeping me in suspense. Yeah. I might have to put Cody on the spot. Hopefully he doesn't get mad. Hopefully he participates, but we will see. But oh, no, I'm right nervous. Now, <laughs> now he's nervous. Right now we'll get to our uh, random Disney A to Z. I was not prepared All for right. this. This is the Disney A to Z random entry. Yeah. All right. Let's spin the wheel and see what page we're going to look at tonight. All right. Looks like we landed on page three fifty-three. Let me uh, turn the page or turn the find that page number here. What page three fifty-three? Three fifty-three today. Hmm. It looks like there is one, two, three, four, five, six entries on page three fifty-three. Okay. So which one are you gonna pick this week? Let's go with number two. Number two. All right. It's kind of a whole topic here on this whole page. They're, they're pretty much all about the same thing except for one entry. Uh, and that's entry number one. But Cody chose entry number two, which was Herbie Day at Disneyland. Had you ever heard about that? I had not. I you don't think not. so. All right. It was a special that aired on July 11th, 1974. So I was a couple months old. You weren't even born. If you were only a couple months old. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I was born in March and this happened in July. So I was a couple months old. Yeah. It was a contest for decorated Volkswagens at Disneyland as a promotion for the opening of Herbie Rides Again, which starred Bob McAllister, Bob Crane, Helen Hayes. An earlier Herbie Day had been held at Disneyland on March 23rd, 1969 to promote the original Love Bug. So uh, I was saying this page was a theme. It had Herbie fully loaded. Uh, which was the most recent Herbie movie with Lindsay Lohan. I think it that's the Herbie. only one I've seen. Yeah, see, you got to check out the other ones. All right. <laughs> but but see, the reason I say that is because I'm a huge Volkswagen fan. So um, they had Our Herbie Goes Bananas. Off the chart. <laughs> Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo and Herbie Rides Again were all on this page. So. Uh, and what was number one? What was different about it? Uh, it was Jim Henson. Oh, okay. Oh, pretty cool it guy. Was, yeah, it was only a sh really short one, though. I mean, they could have, yeah, they could have expanded it. I'll, I'll read this one. Puppeteer and creator of the Muppets. One of Henson's last chores was the filming of Muppet Vision 3D for the Disney parks. 
Years later, Disney acquired the Muppet properties, and Jim Henson was named a Disney legend in 2011. Does it say when Disney acquired the Muppets? It does not. I've looked that up before, but I don't have it right off the top of my head. Was that another thing Iger Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's a very sure. I I could have made that entry pretty long, so... Which, yeah, which is surprising with you and Herbie and Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, well. Okay, so this last thing I, I wanted to do, which kind of uh, happened today. I don't know if Cody knows who this person Do you know who James Lipton is? Just, okay, before we get into that, it was 2004 when Disney acquired the, the Muppets. Muppets. So, so that was Eisner. So that was Eisner. That was the yeah. year before Iger came on board as right. CEO. Okay. Good deal. Okay. All right. What Good was deal. your question? So do you know who James Lipton is? James have you ever Lipton. Seen, have you ever seen a show called Inside the Actor's Studio? I don't think I have. Okay. Well, you need to Google this and you need to watch some of these episodes. Basically, James Lipton, uh, it says here he's a oh, writer. He li- Facebook. Yeah. He passed away today. Uh, uh, he was 93 years old, had bladder cancer. Um, he founded, um, I guess this, I don't want to call it a school. Maybe it was an actor studio drama school at Pace university in New York city. Uh, so he was, he was in charge of the school and they started this show called inside the actor studio where, and he described it as it, it was basically just actors coming uh, talking to him in this room of future actors. Uh, they were, they were the students of the school and he would interview these people, uh, ask them, you know, he said he would take two to three, sometimes four weeks on researching these people and coming up with these questions. And he always had them on these little blue cards. Uh, and he didn't have anybody do any type of pre interview with them to find out, Hey, what questions should you ask this guy or this guy? He came up with all these questions. Um, and some of the some of the ones I remember seeing, I saw one with Robin Williams. It was awesome. Uh, okay. And these things would go on for like three to four hours. They would, I think, they would edit them for TV because I think it was on Bravo, I believe. Um, Robin Williams, Dave Chappelle did one. Um, the cast of The Hangover with Bradley Cooper was on there, and Bradley Cooper was actually a student at the school at one time. Asked Robert De Niro a question years years ago, and then came back as a person being interviewed on the show and, and Robert De Niro came, uh, for that one. So, but funny, yeah, he would ask these questions and he, I mean, he would interview him, but then at the end he would, he would ask these 10 questions and they're real simple questions, but he would ask every guest these questions. Um, and I had him here. Where'd they go? Uh, let me, let, let me get him back up. And, with Cody's permission, I am going to ask him these 10 questions. And what you're supposed to do is you're, you're really not supposed to debate the question or think about the question. What pops in your head first is what you're supposed to say. Those are Uh, the hardest questions for me. (laughs) They can be hard. Uh, I will, uh, I will let you forego one of the questions. um, Why? Because it's personal or? Well, it's question number seven, and I'll just I'll pre- it's what's your favorite curse word? You don't have to answer that one if you don't want to. But oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so these are the ten questions, and if you don't want to answer them, that's fine. Just say skip, and I'll, I'll go on to next one. But these are the and you, you'd be shocked at some of the you know not shocked, but it's it's interesting to hear a lot of the people's answers. So the first one is what is your favorite word? 
<laughs> it's a simple question, but it's hard, huh? What's your favorite word? Not something I've ever thought about before. Yeah. Gosh, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> it. I, oh man, I hate these questions because I feel so stupid. No, I can't no, not at all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot more. You want me to go to the next you. one? All right. See my face now. I'll 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 go to number two. What's your least favorite word? That's just as bad as the first question. Oh. All right. I'll go to number three. I'll come back. What what turns you on? <laughs> Remember, it's a family 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 show. <laughs> Let's. Oh. And I've thought about these questions. Whenever I would watch a show, I, I I would always try to answer myself. What turns you off? What turns me off? Poor communication. That one's easy. Poor communication. Right. There you go. You got number four. Uh, number five, what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? I love the sound of the wind blowing through trees. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? My neighbor playing music in the middle of the night. All right. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> I thought we were skipping that one. <laughs> we'll skip seven. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I always thought that I would really enjoy something in law enforcement or the hotel industry. I know those are very drastic from each other, but those yeah. are interests of mine. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Would not like to be a doctor. Interesting. And number 10, this one is, is kind of cool. If heaven exists, which I believe it does, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? This was always the last question he would ask to somebody. I'm sure those answers get really interesting yeah. sometimes. What would I like to hear God say at the gates of heaven when I die? Glad you made it. All right. Yeah. And then he would always, he would always say good job, whatever. So as, as I was asking you questions, I was thinking like, what would be my favorite word? And it's a tough one, but since it's a Disney show, I'll say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's my favorite word. I, okay. If you had told me to frame <laughs> it for Disney, this, I could have done that. Yeah. It, it could be anything though. What's, what's your least favorite word? Um, see, that's always a tough one for me. Um, and maybe, maybe I have a hard time with those two questions because for me personally, words are words and connotations right. of words are Completely right. in my in my personal belief, completely societal. Okay, I mean bad I would words say, are only bad words because society has deemed them so. Right, right, exactly. I opinion. would say my least favorite word, and it's it's kind of it's more like two words though. Is I can't. I don't like people when when you say you can't do something because you can't. So I would say my least favorite word is can't. It's interesting, and I think seeing that was probably really easy for that to come up in your head because right. you've probably dealt with that a million and three times being a father, right. being a parent. Whereas yeah. 
I've never really had a conversation with someone or I've never really told someone to do something and they've just point blank said, I can't. Right. Luckily I haven't had to deal with that professionally at work. Yeah. I've asked someone to do something since I am uh, in a position of management and right. one of my employees just being like, just point blank. I, I can't, that would probably irk me, but um, I can imagine like with, with kids, where it really doesn't matter what it is. It's just, I can't, or I don't want to. Right. Or, you know. Right. All right. So there we go. What turns you on? I would probably have to say, I mean, obviously my wife, but I think. Safe choice. Turns, yeah. Safe choice. <laughs> I win. <laughs> uh, what yeah, turns, I don't, I'm not I'll married, say, so I didn't get easy out. I'll say, I'll say love. And then what turns me off is jealousy. I don't like jealousy. Uh, okay. Well, going back, since I didn't answer what turned me on, um, I will say honesty. All right. Honesty. That's yeah. really big for me. Um, being a single guy. Um, and when someone can just be straight up with me, even if it's something bad, even if I'm trying to date someone and they're like, you know what, this really just isn't working or I'm really just not that into you. I would rather just be told. Right. Rather than just that person just, start, you know, ghost I mean, you me. Don't- you don't, you don't want to get, you, you don't want to get married and then find out 10 years later, she's not really into you or what? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and if, if we start talking and then I ask you out on, on the first date and you just, you're not feeling it, just tell me, you know, right, right then and there. Like I appreciate that so much more than, than the workaround or they just at that point you just stop responding. Cause I had this happen like last week match with the girl on one of these dating apps. <laughs> we had a really good back and forth conversation going. She's a Disneyland annual pass holder. She started asking me about my job. Things were going really well. I'm like, Hey, I'd really like to get to know you more. Would you like to go out on a date? Haven't heard anything from her in like a week. Like, wow. So yeah, that honesty. I like that. All right. Turns you off ghosting that but poor communication and I think <laughs> oh yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. I've, I've dealt with i've you know been you know dating people before that are terrible at communicating and people that are really good at communicating i had a, a relationship a few years ago where we just talked about everything uh and it was fantastic you know all right so, so what sound or noise do i love uh the sound of seagulls at the beach that, that's mine, usually- mine mine Fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what sound or noise do I hate? Um, it's a it's a tie between two. I hate nails on a chalkboard, and I hate the sound of squeaky bricks. Absolutely squeaky hate bricks. it. I bricks. Squeaky yeah. bricks. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite favorite curse word. We'll skip because it's a family show. <laughs> uh, what profession? I, mean, I do have one. I, I have a favorite. It's beep. Uh, no, it was actually the first word that came out of my mouth today. My mother wouldn't <laughs> like that very much, and neither would my grandmother. But sorry, grandma. <laughs> uh, what profession other than my own would I like to attempt? Um, well, I think with the Disney show, the, the obvious choice would be like something at Disneyland. But I would say train conductor, which I guess Ooh. is Disneyland too. Uh, I think that'd be fun. What profession would I not like to do? Work at a car wash. I would not Working want to work. Like, car wash, yeah. like, the, like the old school car washes where they, they actually dried your car. Nah, mm-hmm. forget that. And then if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the prayer of the gates? Walt's right over there. 
There you go. That's you see, how I'm going to end it. <laughs> you, you see, I was trying to like really go deep and look. I uh, This would have been a lot easier if you had told me make this Disney thing. Oh, Disney you, could have, you could have did anything. So oh, You were trying to not influence my answers. Yeah. And by not influencing my answers, you got hardly any answers. That's all right. That's all right. I want to, well, thank you for taking part in it. Thanks. Thanks to the people that stuck around and uh, listened to it. Uh, I want to say, I, I was looking for the quote, what James Lipton said, because he was asked these questions when he did an interview. I want you to send me those 10 questions at some point. Cause I feel like those would be really good. Like first date questions. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he passed away today. I, he, he hasn't hosted the show. I, th- I think he retired from it in 2018. Um, he did it for 20 something years. I think he actually won an Emmy for it. Uh, but if you go to YouTube and just type in inside the actor studio or type in James Lipton, uh, I couldn't find the, the Robin William ones today, but I found the, the Dave Chappelle, which were, which were really good. Um, check out just, I mean, any of them he he's done them with, I mean, I can name off some of these people. Um, okay. Uh, Billy crystal, Morgan Freeman. I mean, he's, he's interviewed over 200 people on this show. Chris rock, Julia Roberts. Um, I mean, like I said, Robin Williams, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, I mean, just crazy amount of people. And there's, there's some people who actually, actually turned down the interview and uh jennifer lawrence turned down the interview uh, marlon brando never came on the show he turned down the interview so yeah check it out youtube uh yeah he passed away today i think it said he had bladder cancer he passed away in his home in manhattan new york so uh, and he does have a disney connection he was the voice of the director in the 2008 animated film bolt Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And he's done, uh, he's, uh, did a guest spot on the Simpsons, which I guess you could say is Disney now. Owned by Uh, Disney. According to Jim, he did a guest spot, which was ABC. He did a guest spot on arrested development too. So. Okay. Yeah. So there is a connection there. So thank you for taking part in my questions. Uh, you're going to be, no, that that was fun. I think the ones that were probably the hardest for me was the favorite word. And the right. least favorite word. Yeah, you're going to be thinking about that all night. Uh, yeah, there goes there goes getting any sleep tonight. <laughs> all right, so uh, I think that's all we have for tonight. Um, let me go over. Uh, if you want to check out, check us out on social media. Um, you can like us on Facebook. We try to post as often as I can. Um, uh, we're at Talking Disney Podcast on Twitter. We're at Talking Disney uh, on Instagram. We're at Talking Disney Podcast. You can always email us with questions, comments at talkingdisneypodcast at gmail.com. And the show will be posted on our website at www.talkingdisneypodcast.com. Uh, it'll, it'll be posted there uh, with a link to our Podbean account. Um, and then usually 30 minutes to an hour after I launch or I post it, it'll start showing up on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google uh, podcast stitcher all the places that we have our podcasts uh, on it, it usually takes a little bit of time so um i know a couple weeks ago I, I i i didn't see it come up on itunes or apple podcast whatever you want to call it but i texted james and he said it was there so i just didn't see it 
Um, Do you have your glasses on? <laughs> no, I had my phone way up close to my face. Though. Uh, so that's uh, that's all we got today. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and talking to us, uh, Cody. Any last uh, last minute alibis before we get out of here? Oh, did you want to tell people our next Disney movie night? Oh yes, I did. What uh, do you want to tell them, or you want me to? Go ahead. I'll let you do it. So we were trying to figure out what our next uh, Disney movie night movie will be. And Cody had mentioned that in the latest issue of D23 magazine, they had a special on the Goofy movie, which is coming up on its 25th anniversary on April 7th uh, this year. So sometime after, are we going to do it before you go to, yeah, we're going to do it before you go to Disneyland, right? It'll be that, that weekend right before. Yeah. I go to Disneyland. So in, in an episode or two, probably it'll be episode 37, I believe we are going to watch the goofy movie and we will discuss it. So if you like that movie or don't like that movie, or if you want to watch it in the next uh, week and a half uh, and send us an email, what your thoughts are, uh, favorite parts, etc., cetera. Um, you can uh, email us at talking podcast at gmail.com, but we are going to check out a goofy movie. Where on the box it said it's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy. So uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, probably since 1995. Uh, so I don't Has remember. You really think it's been that long? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember my kids watching it a lot uh, when they were little. I don't. I don't even think we owned it. So I don't think we ever owned it. I remember watching it quite a bit growing up, or relatively quite a bit. I think it would come on Disney Channel every okay. so often and I'd watch it on there. Okay. I really like a movie. I mean, it's been quite a while since I've seen it recently, right. but I, I watched it a lot growing up. Yeah. Interesting, which an interesting preview on some trivia, which maybe I'll save, I'll save that till, uh, till it opens. It actually, well, it opened as number two on its opening weekend and I'll let you know what beat it when we talk about it. So, all right. So that's all we got for tonight. Uh, so watch Goofy Movie. Send us an email. Send us an email. Uh, it must be getting late because I'm having trouble talking. Yeah. Um, so thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to us, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, folks, and me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey. Uh huh. It's that time. Ah, uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, now it's time to say goodnight to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. It's always Mickey Mouse. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. Be careful getting home. <laughs> <laughs>